0: What's up, everybody? Yo. Welcome to a new episode of DFE. I am your co-host, Black Cinephile, and I'm your co-host, Brad. Yes, that is Brad. And today we got one that uh, we've had on the um, on the roster for a while. We didn't know when this movie was really going to come out due to uh, you know controversy and everything like that. But uh, the Flash finally came out this weekend, this Juneteenth weekend. So on this one, we got uh, the Flash versus uh, Justice League: The Flashpoint Paradox.
1: Yeah, and when it comes to movies to kind of compare with each other, we have The Flashpoint Paradox was a animated movie that came out back in 2013 that covered the comic-accurate version of the Flashpoint Paradox storyline, which is the same storyline that The Flash movie has heavily kind of taken from with its inspiration for its story. While mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't consider it an ad- adaptation of the flashpoint paradox it's just heavily inspired by the flashpoint paradox and it's like story beats a little bit
0: i it's, it's kind of like how captain america civil war is inspired by civil war but it's not a direct adaptation of it
1: right yeah so yeah of course yeah putting these two together it, it just makes sense to kind of compare them since it has those same story beats and everything but sure. uh I think with this one we should just jump right into it, and I, I know that even though it's a controversial movie, we we might do something a little controversial here. And I, I say we go chronological.
0: You know, I, I I wrestled with that coming into this. I don't know if
1: that's the I don't know if that's the best way to go, man. Are you sure? I I think so because when you. Think about it. We got to start with Flashpoint Paradox, which came out in 2013.
0: All right. All right. I I guess I guess you're right. All right. We'll we'll do it this one time. Okay, folks. So Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox is a uh, D.C. animated film uh, directed by Jay Oliver. Now, this is an adaptation of the uh, comic book crossover uh, Flashpoint, the comic book crossover event Flashpoint that I believe gave birth to the New 52 in D.C.,
1: Yes, it basically was the event that destroyed the DC universe and forced the New Fifty Two line to start.
0: Gotcha, I, folks. You don't you don't have to know about any of that to to like this to enjoy this movie. I'm just giving a little bit of a backstory mm-hmm. here in the comic book world to to this adaptation. So basically, um, the Flash, you know, after uh, besting his uh, his nemesis uh, Professor Zoom, you know. Uh, Zoom kind of tells the Flash, like, you know, uh, kind of a cryptic message saying, uh, you know, you, you can't outrun. What does he
1: say to him? You can't basically no matter how fast you run, you can't save everybody.
0: Right. And that's basically the general theme of this film where, um, you know, the next day Barry realizes that his um, um, his deceased mother is now alive in the present day and his powers are gone and he's in a whole nother world. And he's trying to figure out what happened. And in this new world, we realize that uh, Batman is not the same Batman. Um, Batman, instead of Bruce Wayne, is now Thomas Wayne. Uh, Instead of Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed that night, um, uh, Bruce was killed that night. And Thomas, uh, bent on revenge and forever mirrored by grief, like his son in present day, uh, becomes the Cape Crusader. Uh, Wonder Woman is evil like like very evil, and has um, taken over Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aquaman, who was once in a pact with her, uh, is now at war with her on that side of the fence. And basically, uh, Cyborg is uh, working for the president, and there is no Justice League. So in this uh, weird, twisted alternate universe, Barry, uh, well, The Flash, has to figure out a way to get his powers back, uh, team up with uh, Batman, and uh basically figure out what the hell happened and get back home
1: yeah that's basically the bare bones of it when this movie came out i remember everybody was like freaking out because this was like the best adaptation for the flashpoint paradox that anybody could have wanted in terms of like a visual representation of it because when that comic first came out It was one of those kind of Elseworld kind of things that was happening in the main continuity of Mm -hmm. DC. So it was kind of like a big deal that all of a sudden, you know, Bruce Wayne was dead. Thomas Wayne was now Batman. You had Hal Jordan never got his powers. Wonder Woman and Aquaman are at war and it's destroying the planet All these like crazy scenarios that like these would be like one off kind of things in like Elseworld kind of comics or what if kind of scenarios, you know, but this was one of those events that it was taking place as like a main continuity event where all this was happening. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it it was a very big one.
0: Yeah, I can imagine it was at the time. I remember the whole hype around it. By that time, I wasn't reading comic books so fully. Back then, I was like, uh, my mom was really into the DC animated films as they were coming out, and um, I wasn't really into them that much. But I remember uh, a long time ago when I had another podcast, um, I think you were still at the uh, the breakfast table. Mm-hmm. Um, I was doing another podcast with my friends, and one of our guests said, uh, hey, did y'all, do y'all watch cartoons? I'm like, Sometimes. He was like, did you see that Flashpoint movie? I'm like, no, I don't watch the DC ones. He says, man, that ain't my mama's Batman I saw in there. That ain't ain't my daddy's Wonder Woman I saw in that movie. You got to watch that movie. And uh, I had always kept it in the back of my mind, like, okay, I'll watch that movie one day. Uh, Watching it today, uh, this ain't for kids, man. This is a very dark uh, film.
1: It it very much is. And when it comes to, like, I I love how... The parallel was going because as DC's animated universe was coming about, it was the same time that everybody was saying that like DC is dead in movies, you know, nothing's going to live up to the MCU. The Avengers was like the greatest movie of all time. And as the DC like animated universe was being built up, these movies were just knocking them out of the park left and right, you know, to the point oh, that yeah. people were like, no, you can ignore what DC's putting in theaters, but did you see what they released on Blu-ray this month? You know, you got to check that out. That's and been like the
0: running. Go I on. was going to say that's like, that's been like the running joke, right? Like Marvel at one point, you know, at one point Marvel was excelling on, um, in live action format. But uh, in their animated format, they were being crushed by DC.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's absolutely, it started off with this movie. You know, this was the movie that kicked off their trying to adapt the New 52 comics line, as you had mentioned previously, into movie format. And it just like Flashpoint kicked it off in the comics, uh, Flashpoint movie kicked it off for the movies. And so there was a lot of care put into this movie to make sure that it would work out. You know, if you even look at the voice cast for this movie, you know, you have, you know, Kevin Conroy coming in as Bruce Wayne, you know, as expected. But you also have uh, Bradley D. Baker in here, Steve Bloom, you know, uh, Carrie Elwes. It's... You know Nathan Fillion as Hal Jordan. Like there is a loaded cast in Michael this movie. Michael B. Jordan
0: as Cyborg.
1: Yes, like it, it, just going down the list, it's insane. Like Ryan Perlman as Slade. You know is in this movie. It's it, they definitely put a lot of love and care into this movie, and it shows just with the characters alone and the insane situations that they're in. It, it's the writing is a testament of like transferring that from comic to like a motion picture because this is like one of those things that just wouldn't work in live action as well, especially with like the way that DC is set up right now, because a lot of the characters that play a major part in this haven't been introduced in the DC movie.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, this film, th- I mean, this film kind of threw me for a loop, man. Like what a- the main thing that kind of made me go, I don't see that, but I it, it it really just threw me for a loop. Was uh Martha Wayne confused like 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 crazed by the death of her son becomes Joker? Yeah, like that makes no sense. Like like that just I I don't we don't know Martha that well, but I know Martha wouldn't. I t- Martha can't become Joker. That just makes no sense. <laughs>
1: yeah it just makes no sense there's a lot of leaps of faith and kind of just playing with wacky ideas in this movie and Mm. yeah some of them work some of them don't really work uh you have you know like hal jordan's entire thing is he's just a very good pilot here and that was weird when he sees like the spaceship and everything he's just like you know then the ring flew off and just went back into space and obviously you know the captain that's there is like, that's the weirdest thing about this whole thing. We're rebuilding an alien spacecraft and asking you to fly it, and you're worried about a ring that flew back into space.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, it's, um... This film should be fun. Like, it, it's, it's fun in theory, but it's, it's so dark in story. Like, it's so dark in its plot. Like, like Thomas Wayne is really, like like, no... This guy plays no games. Like he's about to kill, kind of like who is the Harley Quinn of this universe? Or like mm-hmm. I think her name was Yo Yo or something. Yo Yo, yeah, yeah. And uh, he straight up like throws her off the building, and then Cyborg comes out of nowhere and uh, catches her. He's like, "You should have let her fall." I was like, "Wow, this guy's a uh, this guy's ruthless." But then again, if your wife goes insane and you lose your only son, I, I guess this is the flip side of what could happen. Um, you know, I, I gotta say. Um, the one thing that really tripped me out was really Wonder Woman. Because we always know Princess Diana for being like, you know, just a, a very noble person, right? She's always kind of the voice of reason and the voice of goodness. She is straight evil in this movie.
1: Yeah, she definitely cloak. has uh it, she does not hold back when it comes to her hatred yeah. of the you know the what is it, the ant. Ad- Atlanteans and anybody that goes against. Oh, yeah.
0: Atlanteans. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: And anybody that goes against the Amazons. So she basically sees anybody as an enemy that's not a part of the Amazons, especially going against the Atlanteans in Aquaman and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But the fight scene that she's a part of where she's just hacking away at people and everything like that and it's you know you're watching all these characters fall that in the comics these are big name characters and everything like that to people that don't read the comics you might watch this one and kind of go i'm not sure who that was i don't know who this person was i don't get you know the joke of here and everything like that but Mm. at the same time you can understand like the bloodshed and everything that's going on because it like the scene with uh Shazam, you actually texted me about this when You were like, I don't feel right about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that's where the film kind of lost me. Because I feel like, and we can debate this. I feel like a cardinal sin of superhero films is um, you don't kill kids. Mm-hmm. Like, women, women are okay. I, I, like, like men, of course, men are okay. But, like, yeah, you, you kind of leave the kids alone. Like, when she killed little Shazam, I was like, that's going too far. Like like that
1: in in my mind, I was going a little too far. What do what do you think? I mean, it's to show how ruthless she is because at that point you got to keep in mind, Shazam is the most powerful person in that future because Superman really doesn't exist. You know, nobody knows about Mm. Superman. He's been held in a capsule underground by the U.S. government ever since he landed in Metropolis, and Shazam is basically the powerhouse that people fear he's the only one that actually stands a chance of defeating wonder woman on her own so Mm. of course she's going to you try and like turn him back into whatever form he has where he doesn't have this kind of power and kill him and she has no disregard she's in fear kind of like rage safety of her homeland kind of mode where it doesn't matter to her what happens she's going to protect her people and if that means killing a kid, that means killing a kid.
0: Yeah, no, I I get the logic behind it. I just didn't like it.
1: Oh yeah, I, I can you know understand. I, it, you right, definitely yeah, have that like gut feeling where you're like, "Oh, come on. He was just a kid."
0: Yeah, yeah. I just I I just didn't like the way they played it out. I get why she did it. Uh, I was just like, "Yeah, that's kind of that kind of went too far for me." But um <laughs> Yeah, cuz like I feel like this this whole movie she's pretty evil too. Like and I get it she she's the villain, but it's like uh that flashback when her and um Aquaman having an affair and then that scene where she kills Aquaman's wife, I was like, "Goodness gracious." Like like this woman is 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 outrageous. Um yeah, this is wild. This is a wild movie.
1: Yeah. Uh, more to that, she literally steals her crown, props right. her head up as a trophy to her people and then sends the body the headless body back to atlantis for aquaman Mm -hmm. like that is a bold move (laughs) to pull off yeah but yeah it's this entire movie of like just what if scenarios it goes extremely hard on all of it and it, it poses like one of those like great things where you get to see all your characters that you love, like in these different kind of scenarios where you have an Aquaman that's not really protecting people on the surface. He's only worried about the people of the sea and mm-hmm. you have the people kind of in the middle of this battle, kind of just trying to figure out a way to stop it. Meanwhile, it, there's no justice league. So the U S government controls the superheroes such as Shazam and, you know, cyborg along with mm. what we consider a lot of villains. Like captain cold is on that team. Captain boomerangs on that team. So it's kind of this weird little flip of everything at the same time.
0: Okay. So here's why I got a little confused here and I, I just don't, I don't know if I missed something while I was watching this. Cause I was watching this and writing a review at the same time. Uh, so I, I, I got a little confused. So towards the end, how does Barry realize that he's the one that caused all of this? Like, like, like when he's running fast up, like, like trying to catch up with the other Flash that's trying to stop his mom from being killed. A- at what point did he get that revelation that he did all this? Because I must have missed something.
1: It's so that when he's fighting Eobard Thawne, uh, aka the Reverse Flash, he's thinks that Reverse Flash is the one that caused all this. That he's the one that changed everything, and. Mm thawne is basically going no that's the best part i didn't do anything this is all you're doing don't you remember don't you remember saving one life and changing everything that one life that you just couldn't let go that you couldn't save before you changed it barry you made it so they lived and that caused the sonic boom that changed everything else around here this is the world you created I had nothing to do with it. I'm just going to revel in the chaos that you have created. Yeah.
0: So that's when he like
1: remembers that it it was his doing is Eobard literally tells him, remember you did this, you know, because he's absolutely loving this. This is a world of pure chaos and everything. And he didn't even have to do anything. He just got to watch the flash ruin everything on his own and just be like, Ah, oh, this is neat. Oh, cool! Bruce Wayne's dead. That's awesome. Hey, man, they're they're fighting over here. Oh, this is great. This is the best timeline. I, I take this guy
0: as seriously as I take the spot from the from the new Spider Verse film. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sold on the on the reverse zoop, reverse Flash guy as an actual villain. I mean, no, I'm, he's a villain, but I'm like I'm like this guy. I don't know what the motive is. Maybe there's some backstory I'm missing as to why he hates him so much.
1: Uh, th- there's a lot of backstory between why Reverse Flash hates Barry. But, uh, yeah, that's there's a, been a couple rewrites of that reason and everything. But the main gist is Eobard Thawne is from the future. And he basically gets the, the powers of the Flash, more or less, It's Mm -hmm. different, but it does use the same kind of speed force and everything to do it, and it's changed a couple times why he hates Barry, but one of the things is that uh, he can only exist because of, you know, the events that Barry's gone through, which means Mm -hmm. his mother dying and everything. So in order for him to exist, he always has to torment Barry. Right,
0: right, gotcha. Um... OK, I just wish the film would have played that a little better, like like maybe there because there is no blink of an eye when we go from uh, Barry at work to all of a sudden Barry being in the future. Oh, mom's uh, mom's alive. Like there's no cut at all in in the film, like we're just automatically in the future. I'm like, usually there's like a little bit of a, a jerk or something.
1: Yeah, they kind of just play it off as, you know, hey, we're now in a different timeline You know, no explanation, but that kind of is part of the lead up of like thinking that reverse flash is the one that did something only for it to be revealed that it was Barry that did something all along. Hmm. Because you got to keep in mind, like it's following an event where, you know, reverse flash was trying to get his revenge on Barry and kill both of them and everything, and he gets captured and flown off, and then all of a sudden Barry's in this new timeline and that he doesn't know what happened, what caused it, and all these clues are leading to it being Reverse Flash that caused it. Only for the reveal to be that it was Barry himself that did it.
0: Mm. Okay, I got you. I got you. Um, all right then. Well, I mean, I'm I'm pretty much all set on this. Did you have something
1: else you want to add? Uh, not really. It just kind of comes down to. This was one of those first examples of when you give the materials to somebody that has a passion for them and goes adapt this, you get to see it done right. Instead of it trying to be, you know, its own thing and everything like that, they basically went, here's the script, here's how we're going to adapt it, and here's how we're going to adapt it well.
0: Yeah, I got you. Uh, I'm still going to read the art because it's on my list. Um, Looking at this right here, I kind of wasn't expecting Justice League, the boys edition. But, uh, (laughs) you know, for what I got, I thought it was a well-told story. Um, It's a well-told story that I got to admit, I probably won't watch this again uh, because it kind of was dark for me. But overall, I think it was a well-told alternate what-if story. I give it a it's a light four for me
1: yeah th- i gotta agree it's it's a four out of five it it tells the story it tells the story well i wish it was a little bit longer and it went a little bit more in depth on some of the parts from the comics that kind of were glossed over a little bit more but mm-hmm. it, there's a lot of potential in like the flashpoint and everything like that and i would l- have loved to have seen it kind of played with a little bit more
0: Mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely Uh, All
1: right, well, let's move on to the next one. That brings us to the latest release, The Flash. This one taking place in the DC expanded universe of live action films. We have the events following Justice League where Barry is still teaming up with the likes of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman and Cyborg in order to try and save the world. And following a bank robbery he's helping Batman with, he gets the idea that he might be able to save his mom if he makes just a small change that doesn't actually interact with anything. In doing so, he's flown into an alternate timeline where he finds out that he doesn't have powers. He meets his younger self and finds that Bruce Wayne is somebody completely different. Also, Superman doesn't exist, Wonder Woman doesn't exist, Arthur Curry doesn't exist. Basically, everybody that he knows no longer exists in this new universe as he tries to figure out a way to be able to get his powers back, go back in time to fix everything to get his reality back, because he realizes that this one might not be what he's hoping it to all be. And... That's the bare bones of this movie. It very much follows the same kind of idea of Flashpoint where, you know, Barry Allen makes a change in order to save his mother and in doing so creates a new timeline. But it plays with it a lot differently than the Flashpoint paradox does in that it has a lot less character involvement. It's much more focused on, you know, Barry trying to figure out what's best for this world or his own world and the timeline in general, while also trying to fix things to make it right. Mm -hmm. So what'd you think? Uh, When it comes to this one, uh, I can say when this movie first started with that, like opening battle of, you know, the bank robbery and everything like that, it, it has some good jokes. It has its moments mm-hmm. and everything like that. But man, did this one make Ben Affleck's Batman seem so weak? In like, <laughs> like he did not have control of like a simple bank robbery situation.
0: Well, okay, okay. So the openings. So the way I look at that, I look at that as the movie trying to give Barry a chance to shine. Because mm-hmm. uh, we know any other day. Batman would take care of this, but um, for the sake of plot and for the sake of character development, they got to put it in a situation where Barry Allen, you know, as he tells Alfred, like, I get it, I'm the Justice League janitor. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 cleans up the the babies and the nurse and all the all things like that. Um, I really like the visuals of a uh, Batman chasing Al Falcon um, on the bridge and like uh, and you you uh, you. you like, um, I don't know how to describe this, but I like the visual effects of him chasing them on the freeway and, and um, the way the uh, the bad vehicle turns and everything like that. I thought that was pretty cool. Like I, I was um, it took a while for the movie to actually grab me, but I was like, OK, I, I'm seeing enough visual action here that I'm I'm I'm, I'm intrigued.
1: OK, but yeah, it's it, when it came to that and everything, I understand where it's like, OK, this is a flash movie. But at the same time, they, like, dumbed down Ben Affleck's Batman so much for his, like, last scene as Batman. And it was like, oh, come on. <laughs> you you could at least make him, like, have the bad guy yeah. pretty simply during the chase and everything like that. Like, you could have a really good chase, like, you've seen in The Batman, you know. It,
0: it, it was almost like he just wasn't needed in this movie.
1: Right. Yeah it, yeah, it it there was no real point to him kind of being there to just make him look bad, in my opinion. Like have him talk with Barry and everything like that, or have him be on a completely different thing while Barry has to take care of this situation. Mm-hmm. But
0: um, yeah, I, I hear you. So, yeah, I just and I like Affleck as Batman. I like Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Affleck has a very affable, affable presence on 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 uh, on screen. He has mm-hmm. a very charismatic presence. But in this one, it feels like uh, man, I don't want to say this, but it feels like he was phoning it in. I was like, I was like, yeah, he just he just seems like he's just there. Like, all right, I'm only here so I don't get fined.
1: Yeah, it, pretty much. Like, which is a shame because, like I you said, I also loved Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought he was good. I thought he had some like promise to him and everything. But it, it just felt so weird. Mm-hmm. See, like this being his last outing as Batman. And this right. is how he goes out. It was like, "Oh, that was kind of pathetic in a way, yeah. you know, but it that's all going on you You have the moment where you have you know Flash Batman and Wonder Woman together, it's like, oh, that's cute. they got the two people <laughs> in this movie that'll never show up again in anything d c related,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know i again, I thought that was um." I expected to see everybody at some point. I'm like, all right, we'll probably see Cavill at some point. We'll probably see Momoa. You know, maybe uh, Ray Fisher uh, smooth some things over and he'll show up. <laughs> like, I, re- I really thought everybody was going to show up at one point. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's cute. Uh, but, you know, we only got like like three out of five that really showed up. But um, I was going to say in regards to uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah, that was kind of a... see. Now, I didn't like a lot of Josh Whedon humor in the in the original Justice League, but I felt for this scene, it was fitting, like the whole, uh, was it the the rope of truth?
1: Uh, lasso uh, of truth.
0: The lasso of truth for how they're all like, like giving like a, a revelations as they're talking. I thought that was a pretty funny scene. And then Barry goes, hey, I, the sex thing I said was just a metaphor. It did. Batman's like, just let it go. Just, just let, let it, it go.
1: You can't recover it. It's just let it go. <laughs> all right. Just let it go yeah. I, yeah I will say that this being the last time that we hear that electronic guitar riff every time wonder woman shows up oh i am so happy i never had to hear that again because it is getting so tiring that every time she shows up in a movie that you had to hear it's like god it, stop it stop i don't know what contract was signed with the devil that this has to play every time you come on screen
0: oh the danny elfman theme yeah Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind
0: it. Whatever. It,
1: it, every time she, you know, you have it in the Justice League, you have it in her, her movies, you have it in Shazam when she pops up, you have it in this movie when she pops up. It's like, I get it. It's Wonder Woman. You don't have to play the theme. I I understand who she is. I don't think anybody in the mm-hmm. theater is like, I wonder who the, oh, the music! I recognize the music! That's Wonder Woman!
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I uh, okay. Well, if we're moving forward here, uh, I like the whole baby sequence. I thought that was a pretty nice slow paced sequence. Um, okay, moving forward. So basically, the the main point of this is Barry just trying to save his mama, right? Mm-hmm. His dad's about to go on trial. He just he's the 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 video footage of his dad is you know that Bruce sent him is just is just not good enough because his dad never looks up, so it can't prove that he was really there. So, this whole time, Barry's is trying to just wrestle with the fact that he misses his mama uh so at some point, Barry realizes um uh he can go back in the past, so again, like you said, so this is where the film got really interesting to me so like i like the I like the visual of the Coliseum of like past events of your life mm-hmm. um, and you know the the more you go back, the more you see other events i I, I really like that. I thought that was a great visual representation of your past
1: yeah the way that it worked is kind of cool the cg for it though is yes it's it's god awful it's it's Uh, a little it's lacking uh, people have i've seen people online be like it's like ps2 graphics and it's like you're giving ps2 graphics a lot of support there because uh this is a little bit worse than (laughs) that
0: (laughs) worse than ps2 graphics i I, wouldn't say it's worse than ps2
1: it's it's pretty bad in some of those scenes you go what you're giving it you giving it ps1 i i might even like it's not nintendo 64 here i'm not gonna you know dunk on it that much (laughs) but i think that's funny saying ps2 is a little bit (laughs) much you know you're giving it too much credit here
0: Right, right, right. I got you. I got you. I understand.
1: Yeah, um, but the so- idea behind it, I absolutely love. Where you're watching, like time kind of flow toward him in the bubble and away from him as he's like running through time. And it's like, okay, that's cool. I love the visual concept. You probably mm-hmm. needed to throw it through some, you know, computing power for another two months or so to get an actual good visual out of it, though.
0: Dude, I felt no romantic. It. I don't want to just dunk on this movie. I'm going to give it a fair, fair, fair shake as I talk about it. I felt no romantic chemistry between Ezra and Kiersey Clemens. Like, I was like, okay, maybe it's the dialogue. But I'm like, I don't, I don't feel the chemistry here. Like, I feel chemistry between Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot. You mm. know, I feel chemistry between Jason Momoa and Amber Heard. Uh, who else do you want to throw in there? Like, you know, I feel chemistry behind these pairs of characters that DC puts at us. But these two, I'm like, she's just a hot girl, but I don't feel like there's no natural chemistry there.
1: Yeah, they basically looked at the comics and went, well, Barry Annan has to get with Iris West. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. So we're going to have them, like, build it up. No, 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 (laughs) no. We're going to have her be in the background, and he's kind of going to be like this creepy stalker-ish dude to her.
0: Yeah. Is the curly hair girl working here today? Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, she usually knows my, my my order very well and does it very fast. You know, I, I didn't mind that. What, what, the thing I did mind was I'm like, uh, she kind of came off mean. And it's like when she said the thing like, uh, oh, of course, you know, you, no one who has their dad on trial wants to believe that he killed their mom. I was like, ouch. Mm. Like, is that what you say to this young man? Like, I, I get the, I don't know, man. That dialogue just felt awkward as hell. Like, what did you think?
1: Uh, even when she's like, he's kind of going, well, I mean, do you want to make a statement about your father's trial tomorrow? And it's like, come on, read the room, girl. Right. He's literally watching his father go to trial for something that he heavily considers that he didn't do. And you're just poking the bear for this story. And it's like, you're not a love interest. You're a terrible person. Get get out of my movie, please.
0: <laughs> right, yeah. I uh yeah, they did my girl Kiersey wrong. But uh so moving forward from that, when we're going in the past, I, I like seeing Ezra against Ezra. Um I know the anno- I know the laugh might have annoyed some people. I felt like okay, he, he's a geeked up eighteen year old. The, the annoying laugh didn't bother me. What? what how did you
1: feel? It, the annoying laugh didn't bother me too much. It was just, it, it was one of those things, like, annoying Ezra, or, like, the uh, 18-year-old Ezra, it, his shtick kind of, like, came and went for, like, how I felt about it. Like, there were scenes <laughs> that I was like, okay, I like this. And other scenes where right. it was like, okay, I get it. He's stupid. He's young. You know, he's having fun with the powers and everything. Let's Let's move on. Let's let's do something else here. Like when he first gets the powers and you have Barry kind of going, "Okay, now I know what you want to do. And he just flies off. (laughs) It's like, okay, that was funny. I like that. Right, right. That's good. This is (laughs) where I think, uh, you know, Ezra Miller does his best with Barry Allen. And then you have the scenes where he's just like arguing with Oh, come on. Do it again. Do do the fort and everything. Or else I'm going to call my. It's like, shut up. I hate this why is this in the movie
0: right, right, right um uh, yeah, so i i I like some of their scenes together. I think it's pretty fun now we gotta get to uh we gotta get to the main sauce this I feel like this is the main reason this movie was pushed so much, uh with all of Ezra's crazy uh you know disturbing problematic ways. this is the reason they said okay listen i don't I don't care. we have to push this movie because we got this guy for this. We already canceled Batgirl. The fans want to see him. Let's just push it. Uh, When Michael's uh, Bruce Wayne shows up.
1: Yeah, we finally have uh, Michael Keaton returning as Bruce Wayne Batman in this movie, playing a different one than we saw in, what was the one he was in? Batman Forever? You being funny, right? (laughs) Please tell me you're being funny yes but okay
0: uh, all right <laughs> if you could smack somebody through the camera <laughs>
1: <laughs> but friend, yes and I'm- reprising his role from batman forever and batman robin we get michael keaton who kind of comes in as a different kind of batman than we saw in those films where he's a little bit more no nonsense than he was before and yeah, but at the same nice time, movie. Michael Keaton plays a role absolutely fantastically.
0: hmm. Yeah, he's just a familiar face. You know what I mean? Like I said, like Bruce Wayne is a charismatic guy, even when he's down in the dumps. Like, you know, Michael Keaton is a familiar face. You know, you I love how they 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 throw back to Danny Elfman's old score of the um, the Batman and Batman Returns films. Even when he shows up, you know, he's an old guy. He's got the beard. He's trying to fight them. And then they kind of get him to calm down a little bit. He's like, uh, well, you hungry? And he just, you know, he's just making up. I love when he's making the pasta. and He's explaining how, how time works to them. And then uh, he sees 18-year-old um, uh, Barry looking very hungry. He goes, he just passes the plate to him. And then Barry just, like, eats it so, yeah. like, you know, fervently.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I also like when they're kind of going through it. It was a stupid joke, but it did get a giggle out of me when he put the sauce on, And you know, Barry's like, and what does the sauce represent? I think he's just making dinner now. It's not the, the analogy is over. <laughs> it's it's over.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's typical superhero humor. Uh, we've seen enough of it, right? Pretty yeah, much. I, um, yeah. I, I like seeing him. I, I just like seeing him. I, I knew what to expect from him. And uh, I was like, okay, a familiar face. He, I'm still kind of locked in here, so I'm still I'm still locked into the movie. Oh, so yeah. now at some point we're like, uh, okay, we got to get Superman out. I hadn't seen a lot of the trailers. I know there was a Supergirl involved, so I was like, okay, well, what does Henry Cavill show up at one point? So um, when they when they go to try to find Kal El, they uh, they end up finding her, and um, her name is uh, Kara Zor El, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, she's, uh, Kara is basically just the cousin of Kal-El.
0: Okay, yeah. And, um, yeah, so they get her out, and when she shows up, I'm like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll, I'll deal with this. Supergirl. Um, from that point on, uh, we didn't get a lot of General Zod here. I expected to get more screen time from Michael Shannon, but I guess, you know, he's kind of like a background plot while Barry's in the front and trying to figure out what's going on. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, what did you feel about the General Zod plot Uh, it it is a weird villain for them to pick for this movie in general Mm -hmm. but at the same time getting to see Michael Shannon return as General Zod is a really nice touch because I think he played a good General Zod in you know Man of Steel but Mm -hmm. at the same time like he's not the villain I would have picked for this movie You know, I would have thought that they could have pulled something else out. Like maybe this is where we would get to see reverse flash come into play or they would end up playing with, you know, Zoom or one of the other speedsters that kind of has a tie to the speed force and protecting it. You know, because we kind of get an allude to that when Barry is knocked out of the speed force on his way back to the current time and where there are you know, speedsters that protect the speed force and from people to tamper with time and use it like that. And I expected that to kind of come into play a little bit more. Obviously, I mean, jumping toward the end, we do find out who that was and everything like that. And it was kind of like, oh, okay, well, yeah, that makes sense. But I kind of was hoping him to be more of a presence in this movie than just General Zod's there. Because even when it comes down to it, General Zod is a good villain, but he doesn't do anything in this movie, really. Like, his actions in this movie are inconsequential. Yeah, this is a...
0: Yeah, the more we keep talking about it, this, this film is kind of messy. Because I, you know, because it's like, he doesn't do much. He, does, he just shows up and says, hey, folks, I'm here. Mm-hmm. And uh, he says, you have such and such hours to give me what I want. And then he's fighting the army and then that's when you got the main fight scene. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he doesn't do much. And it's a little disappointing.
1: This film is a lot, man. Even to kind uh, of like talk about like Supergirl, like Sasha Kell, you know, I I think she does well as Supergirl and everything. She's
0: cool. Yeah. She just doesn't
1: have any scenes. She doesn't have, again, same thing as General Zahn. She doesn't have a purpose in this movie she's there to play like the Superman role from like the Flashpoint Paradox where they go in and find to get Superman, you know, but this time it turns out it's not Superman. It's just this little girl, same thing, gets its powers, kind of runs off, comes back as like, okay, let's do this. And it's like, really? In that short time frame, what changed your mind from humans are terrible, they've been locking me up for years, to no, no, we, we should probably save them. You know, this is the right thing to do. Well, it's because I think it's because they saved her, right? They saved her. But at the same time, you know, think of it this way. She's been on that planet for at least a decade or so being tortured and everything. And you have three people come and save her. And then she's like, you know what? Humanity is worth saving. This planet isn't, you know, a giant cesspool of, you know, terribleness. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it, I mean, in any other situation, she would have gone to Zod and been like, hey, man, I'm with you. Let's destroy this shit.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, but I don't see her doing that. Like, I I, I get what you're saying. And for the sake of time, it comes off like very, you, you got to take a large leap of faith. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was like, OK, she It's what it's it's what Clark would have done. I mean, Clark would have taken some time, like we saw in Zack Snyder's Justice League, where he kind of went evil for a minute and then came back and said, oh, no, wait, hold on. You know, like it, it would have taken some time, but I'm like, it, it felt if it uh, business as usual.
1: Yeah. I mean, for as much as this movie wastes on scenes that have nothing to do with the plot and. In- kind of add nothing, they don't have any have jokes, it's just people talking Mm -hmm. and that's it. And not even talking about something that's heavy to the plot. They could have taken a lot of that out and added some more kind of personality to Supergirl. And I realize that, you know, in this movie it, Supergirl isn't exactly going to jump out of this and become her own thing in the rest of the DC movies. Right, it, th- right. This isn't her introduction to be everything. But at the same time, you should have a moment where I go, "Oh, I understand why she's doing what she's doing." Other than just mm. going, "Well, it's what Superman would have done," so you know it. She would do the same thing. Really, though, mm. with the same situation. You know, because even in Flashpoint Paradox, it's played with that Superman doesn't help humanity because humanity has been torturing him. He comes back to help his friends, which are the people that helped him. He could care less about the planet and everything else. He's just basically trying to protect Cyborg in that movie because Cyborg helped him.
0: His friend. Yeah, Yeah. 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 But that's part of what
1: Superman is. He looks at humanity as
0: something worth saving. Right. Like, whether I'm not saying he looks at humanity as his friend, but it it is still him to the core. You understand what I'm saying?
1: Right. But we didn't yeah. get that with Supergirl of like that motivation aside from just going, well, it's like what Superman would do, but this is a different character. <laughs> it's like what Superman would do.
0: Yeah. But I mean, this is where we're going to get into the weeds here. Isn't that why <laughs> her and I mean, isn't that why her and, and Kyle L came down there in the first
1: place? uh no, uh Kalel was the last hope of Krypton to survive, and so he was sent somewhere to you know be able to survive uh Kara was sent to guard him to protect him to make sure that he's safe. oh okay, I got you, I got you uh
0: okay, well, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying it it was a forgivable sin for me. I was like, okay, fine um. We got to touch on this. We can't. We can't really talk about this movie without talking about this. Uh, You know, it's like with some. It's like you know the 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 way Hollywood is. If a star gets themselves into trouble or does something despicable or is accused of doing something despicable, there there would always be the running joke like, as long as you make money, you could be forgiven for anything. Mm -hmm. Like like you could you could you could you could kill somebody and and as long as you make money in Hollywood, you're good uh sadly that is the truth for a lot of celebrities i gotta say when i was watching this film i don't know how it was in your in your theater but a lot of jokes that got laughs were from other characters played by other actors a lot of jokes made by ezra miller's character got kind of a "Eh," or you know i i don't know i feel like i feel like ezra ezra put a bad taste in my mouth but you know, I was like, I don't know. I was kind of observing the audience. I'm like, okay, can we all separate the art from the artist and, and watch this? But I felt like a lot of people. Why? How was it in your theater? Because I don't feel like like Ezra Miller's lines got a lot of laughter. I feel like some people were kind of like, okay. I, I feel like the,
1: the line that got the most laughter, which really shouldn't have been prior to everything that he did. This is not the line that would have gotten the most laughter. But when he was talking to his past self. And trying to like figure out how to fix things. And he goes, Well, I don't I, I could drug you. I could drug you. That that could happen and everything like that. And he starts going That's in for good. the punch. That got a bursting ovation in my theater. <laughs> everything That's else it. that he said, every other joke, you had some like <laughs> kind of stuff, but overall, <laughs> not much.
0: That didn't get a big laugh in my theater. The one that got a big laugh in my theater was like, oh shit. I, I I gotta go take a shit. Like that that got a big <laughs> laugh at my theater, um, but uh, I was gonna say like, uh, yeah, I think he left a. I think they left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths, man. Because I feel like if none of the controversy happened, a lot of the jokes would have gotten like like natural laughter. See, but, I
1: you know that one's that one's questionable still because you got to keep in mind a lot of the jokes and humor in this movie are those same kind of repeated jokes that we see in a lot of superhero movies. And it's kind of starting to get old in a way. Like look at Thor love and thunder. You know, that movie was just jokes all the time and everything like that. And a lot of people just got tired of it being jokey and everything like that and kind of wanted to be more serious and everything. And this movie kind of had that same tonal problem where it would get jokey and then it try and play on something serious and then it get jokey again. And, you know,
0: I got Okay. So a couple things there. So, so Thor, I haven't seen that one yet. The, the love and thunder one, but you gotta understand that's a third film in a, in a row that, no, that's the fourth film in a row of uh, Thor films where, you know, as it gradually goes on, Thor becomes more silly. So, of mm-hmm. course, the joke is going to run out, right? We've only seen The Flash in Justice League. Like, right. you know, we, we, we've only seen The Flash in Justice League. So what I'm saying is, even if the jokes are par for the course, if Robert Downey Jr. is on screen as Iron Man giving a bunch of sardonic lines, for Gods if it's been done 20 times over, we're going to love it because Robert Downey Jr. Is, is, has got a great redemption arc in his personal life. You know what I mean? In his personal life and how he's mm-hmm. like, bounce back from his you know time of like, like doing drugs and stuff because if Ezra Miller never got caught up in the controversy that they got caught up in I think because of what we look at Ezra Miller as oh of a Wallflower oh we need to talk about Kevin and none of the controversial despicable stuff he's accused of we would have got natural laughter from him based on what we see of him in our eyes. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: I, I get what you're saying and everything. I think there is a little yeah. bit more tension with knowing that this was being filmed around the time that all that was going on and right. basically WB's response to it is like, hey, don't worry about it, man. It's all good. You know right. <laughs> it's We're gonna get him help. We're gonna get them help. Right. It don't worry they're going through treatment, it's gonna be okay. Well, are they gonna be, like, on the marketing? Oh, no, no, no. They're not gonna come outside at all until this movie is in theaters for three weeks at least. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Right, right. So, going from that, um, going back to the movie, uh, I like the last-minute twist about the, uh, the dark speedster being future 2013 Barry who's obsessed with trying to save uh, the Bruce and, um, uh, uh, you know, supergirl of his world, and that's how he became that way. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like the theme of you can't save everybody, you know, going back to Flashpoint Paradox. I, I like that theme.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, I will say this, you know, when it, Michael Keaton's Batman died the first time and everything, I, I definitely had that moment of like, oh shit, we finally just got him back after what, when did, uh, Batman Returns come out. That was early 90s, wasn't it? I think late 80s. Was you it late be 80s? Because right. that was... Nah, I It might be a late 80s. Because that was the last time that we got to see him as Batman and everything like that before he got replaced early by Val 90s. Kilmer and then George Clooney. But... It, it, so seeing him on screen again, it was like, oh man. Like I knew that he wasn't going to walk out of this film and be the new Batman this was kind of a one-time thing, but seeing him die still like it it that one hurt a little bit. I'll admit. I don't know if you got that same feeling. Can I be honest with you? Go on. I don't
0: know if it's I don't know if it's because I saw it early, but by that point I had kind of taken a little bit of a nap because I was like <laughs> I I kind I kind of I kind of I kind of snoozed off, man. And then <laughs> um and then when I woke up I was like oh shit Batman's dead. Oh Jesus. <laughs> It then, then all of a sudden, we saw him back in the whole time space trying to save things. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I think it was, I don't know if it was the early Showtime, in, but the movie had, uh, by the point when they're trying to fight Zod, it, it kind of, it was kind of hard at holding my attention.
1: Mm-hmm. See, I think that was probably the best part of the movie to me was the fight scene with Zod. Because at least something was finally happening in the movie. Mm-hmm because the rest of the yeah. movie is a lot of talk and a lot of, you know, oh man, so why do you want to save this universe? Because this is the one where my mom lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. but everything else is kind of, you know, in the shitter. Yeah, but my mom's still alive in this one. So, and he doesn't understand that he's missing out or he has something that I never had blah 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 and, you know, it's like, "Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. Is is this going somewhere? Can we can we move along movie?" I get it.
0: Yeah, I some things I felt was very pandering. And I get it. I I, as a as a if you're a diehard Batman Batman Returns fan, I guess it gave you what you wanted. But the whole thing about, you know, you want to get nuts. Let's get nuts.
1: Like he didn't need to say that. I don't like, care. Like I was grinning ear to ear. You shut up. I needed that line in this movie. I was grinning ear to you, ear with that. You did you didn't need the
0: line. You just wanted him to say it to 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 help your inner fan. I, I needed uh, it. I I'll tell you what though. I'll tell you what I saw that made me kind of grin from ear to ear. Uh you know uh this guy is a favorite of the podcast, folks. We we gotta talk about with Nick Cage uh likeness showed up
1: yes actually that was nick cage so oh it was yeah so nick cage did actual i don't know if it was mocap or whatever for it but Mm -hmm. he actually did the scene and then they used uh you know deep fake you know de-aging cg and everything on him to make him look like he came out of a ps1 game but at the same time that was nick cage that did it (laughs)
0: Yeah, when I saw that, I was kind of smiling. I was like, ah, man, yeah. that's well done. Well done.
1: I'll admit, even with him fighting the giant spider and everything from Superman Lives, like that whole story and everything, I loved it.
0: That looked like the, the villain from The Matrix. You know when they were in those little pods, the machines? Oh, that's yeah, the, that the one that's
1: like going pod to pod and like moving everything. I seriously
0: thought that was about to show Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I, I was like i was like neo that doesn't make sense yeah but i was like oh no that's nick cage as superman okay
1: but uh yeah for anybody that has not seen the documentary uh the death of superman lives i think that's what it's called and it watch it it goes through the entire story of like tim burton's superman movie And how the writer for this movie had all these crazy ideas for it that were just not Superman whatsoever, including Mm -hmm. him fighting a giant spider. Mm -hmm. And it's absolutely like an insane kind of documentary and everything like that. And Mm -hmm. about this story of like Nick Cage almost was Superman for a movie. And that's that's incredible. I'd see it.
0: Yeah, that is incredible. I mean, I'd see it. Uh, yeah, I'll check out that documentary. I have heard of it. But um, I like the Christopher Reeves uh, little wink. I thought that yep. was pretty cool. Uh, him standing next to a Supergirl. Yeah, um, I can't remember I like what that. her
1: name is. But yeah, the, the big thing is that was the first time that they were actually on screen together too. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That was
0: pretty cool too. Yeah, I liked all of it. I like I liked seeing all the little winks as the worlds start to collide. I thought that was uh, pretty solid. Um Going from that, uh, you know, when you know, Flash kind of decides, uh, all right, I can't, I can't save Mom. You know, um, I like the emotional scene in the supermarket. I thought that was cool. Um, I thought that was very emotional. Uh, <laughs> the final reveal in the end kind of made me smile when uh, when George popped
1: up. Oh yeah, a completely different Bruce Wayne again. Right? Yeah,
0: that made me smile. I'm like, ah oh, man, George Clooney, because I always thought George was a great Bruce Wayne.
1: He was just a corny Batman. He had a bad movie to work with. A lot of people give him flack and everything like that because, you know, you got to keep in mind after Michael Keaton, you had Val Kilmer come in for, you know, Batman Forever. And then he He was in, you know, and George Clooney just had a lot less to work with as a Batman movie with uh, his was Batman and Robin. Yeah. Yeah where there was just a lot going on with that movie that was out of his control. He did fine in that movie for what he was given and everything. I wouldn't mind seeing him kind of come back as like a cameo of Batman again in the future in some kind of movie just to see how it would work out under like a different direction and everything.
0: Yeah, I got you. I, I, I agree. I think he could do it. Absolutely. Um, all right, so let's get to the meat and potatoes. So overall, I'm looking at this movie as, uh, all right. Listen, I'm, I'm, listen. Controversy aside, I'm looking at the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I give it a strong three point five.
1: I, I give this one a three out of five. It's, it's an okay mm. movie. It, it, to me, there's a lot of things that's lacking in when it comes to this story that they could have played with. General Zod is the villain is a weird choice. I'm just not a fan of that. It, they yeah. didn't do anything with Supergirl. You know, Michael Keaton's Batman. I absolutely love seeing him. Being able to see him again in that suit is great. I love it. Mm-hmm. Let's go nuts. Ear to ear. I don't care. Shut up. It was great. And, <laughs> But, you know, the the rest of this movie is just, it. honestly when it came to this movie, the way that like James Gunn is constantly like talking about his plans and the current movies and everything he's like, yeah, flash, you know, is going to set up everything for the new DC universe. It, Aquaman's kind of in there. You guys really got to see blue beetle. And those have been his comments about these three movies. So this one, I don't know if it's really setting up for the DC universe as much as everybody was expecting. Cause aside from us seeing George Clooney as Batman which is something that's not going to stick cuz we're getting a new Batman for Brave and the Bold and we're obviously going to get a new, you know, Superman movie coming up and everything. But keeping, you know, Arthur Curry Aquaman for Jason Momoa in that end credit scene just Ugh. clusters everything up a little bit more cuz There were rumors that he was going to start playing Lobo, which if he's Arthur Curry in this universe still, how does that work? And yeah, that end credit scene, man,
0: Um, not one of my favorites.
1: Yeah. Kind of pointless. It it just adds more confusion because you have I mean, on one side, you could have played it off as like, oh, he's actually Lobo now. But Barry calls him Arthur Curry. But he also when he's like handing a ring to Barry and, you know, he's acting as like this homeless man and everything. And he gives the ring to Barry. He's like, hey, you know, go trade this for beer. And Barry's like, this is Atlantean, you know, jewelry. And right. Arthur's just goes, yeah, that's good. Tell them that and it's like, OK, that's a line that you could have a be him as lobo he just gave some random junk to barry to trade in like barry just turned up at a bar saw him and was like oh this is clearly aquaman but he answers to arthur curry still so it's like okay it's so it is aquaman right it, and is aquaman really that much of a drunk it not really yeah because i was like i was like he's not that much of a I drunk i mean he he you know he drinks the one that we've seen in like Justice League and stuff he does drink but he doesn't like get wasted that we've seen and everything yeah. like that that's a very like I don't even know it, what to take from that scene it's all over the place
0: Yeah, it just it just wasn't needed I, I just I didn't like it I remember when that scene showed up the people who stayed in the theater was like okay so did Barry make it back like like What did that scene mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. It it just is a lot of confusion. Uh, Oh, but kind of going even back a little bit more and something that you touched on previously with the relationship between Barry and Iris. That was one of those things that's like, I hate you. I hate both of you in this movie. Shut up. Was their interaction after his father was you know exonerated and everything like that, where she's like, well. This is the point where you should be asking me out on a date. It's like, shut up, you just ask him. If you want the date, just ask him for it. You're a terrible well, person, I already hate you. Why are you making it worse?
0: I feel like the way I looked at that in my mind was that this is already a different universe with George Clooney as Bruce Wayne. So maybe she's nicer in this universe. So I'm like, okay, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay with him
1: going out with this girl. You're just grasping at straw. Maybe this one isn't a complete bitch. We, we've got to wait and see. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I don't think. I, I think it's the writing, dude.
0: I think she's. Oh, it's really it's absolutely
1: way. the writing. <laughs> oh, okay,
0: yeah, because I, I think I think the dialogue just makes her seem that way. I'm like, I don't, I don't think she's supposed to be like that.
1: Yeah, that's not uh, how she is in the comics or anything. Uh, it's kind of how she is in the show as well, where they're just like, we don't know how to write females in this superhero show. I don't know. She's just always pissed off at Barry for saving the world. Why? I don't know. She just has to be. Because we don't know how to write female characters.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, overall, man, I got to say, Flashpoint Paradox, even though I have some issues with that, it was a more streamlined plot. And I I mostly understood what was going on. And it it
1: was balanced. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot more fun with the what-if scenarios. As well, yeah,
0: absolutely, and you know, I think Flashpoint Paradise is the winner here. But I feel like the Flash is a nice. Um, I feel like what else we got after this to cap off the old Snyderverse DC universe? We got we got Aquaman, Aquaman
1: two, 2 and Blue Beetle, and then that's it. Prior to when we'll see James Gunn take control with uh, the Superman movie, Brave and the Bold, uh, the Authority, and. I think Swamp Thing is a movie, or is that one of the TV shows? It
0: used to be a TV show, but I don't know. It it used to be a TV show,
1: but this is a new one in James Gunn's universe. Oh, okay. I don't know. Um, I think it's
0: cool, man. You know, I I think it. I think it was a a cool film. You know, I uh, wasn't wasn't perfect, but it definitely wasn't the worst superhero film.
1: Oh no, it's by far not the worst. It's just. It's middle of the line. It's a three out of five to me because it's just a middle of the line movie in general. And the fact that everything with Ezra Miller and everything kind of being propped on him to do the reset, it just. It it didn't make things better. It didn't make things better.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, Yeah, I got to say. And you know what? Let's let's go over in the after show real quick. Uh, We're in after show here. Listen, man, these movies need to stop being so damn long. I this this didn't need to be two hours and twenty something minutes.
1: No, not at all.
0: Um, yeah, I think from now on, if a superhero film is going to be long, it needs to be justified. The Marvels, if it's going to be long, it better damn near be justified. Mm-hmm. I don't want a bunch of Miss Marvel cracking jokes with uh, Captain Marvel and being a fangirl for like thirty minutes straight. No. It needs to be justified to be that
1: long. You know what movie is justified to be that long, though? Why? Across the Spider-Verse. See,
0: even with that, I okay, let's get into it. What did you think?
1: <laughs> oh, I absolutely love that movie. I don't think I've watched a movie and smiled ear to ear in for as long as I did for that one while simultaneously doing the Spider-Man point at the screen and being like, oh, my God, it's, oh, my God, oh, it's Spider-Man. They put Spider-Man in this? You know, and I I loved it. I had a blast with it. But I also saw this movie, like, from a different experience because I saw this movie when I was in France. So... Mm. I saw this movie with English dialogue, but French subtitles (laughs) at the bottom. Okay. Okay. Nice. But at the same time, the theater that I saw it in had a lot of like audio issues, I guess, with the copy that they had, because I actually read up that a lot of theaters did have a lot of audio issues with this, where some dialogue didn't come through right. I have seen the movie a second time in uh, IMAX since then, where... The dialogue is just crisp, clear. I could understand every single word. And there's a couple jokes that I got the second time that I didn't hear the first time. But that said, still, you know, everything about that movie, you know, is when this movie was going through, like it ended. I was like, this is a perfect example of you giving something to somebody that has love and care for that franchise and getting to do with it what they want to do.
0: See, now, um, listen, I- I'm going to give you the good before I give you the bad. Now, <laughs> now listen, I-, I know you love this movie. Now, when I saw this movie, um, you know, uh, especially in the backstory, when we start off with uh, Gwen and we mm-hmm. tell her story. I like that when her father like finds out about her, you know, what I'm saying? And spoiler alert, y'all, you know, uh, this is DFV. When her father finds out and everything, I like the whole Noirish look. Like I like how it has like a film noir comic book look when when it dawns on the father of who his daughter is, and now he's been trying to find uh Peter Parker's killer this whole time. Um, it makes him look like a detective that's in like, you know, very saddened thought. Like I like the look behind it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I like the cinematography a lot in this one. Um I ain't gonna lie to you, man. This was another one where I kind of snoozed a little bit. Really? Like yeah, for, for Listen, for a main part of it, for a main chunk of it, I was in. When he got into the actual Spider-Verse, um, and then they got to the like realization, like, hey, you're Anomaly. I got to admit, I kind of, I, I, my eyes started fluttering a little bit. Like, oh, oh, okay, oh, they're chasing them. Oh, okay, cool. You know, like, um, I, I kind of, it kind of lost me a little bit in the middle. Um, I don't think this film need to be this long, dude. I, I, I really feel like they could have cut this down. It's a good sequel. It's a very good sequel. But I'm just like,
1: this didn't need to be this long. See, I'm curious, though, because I think that everything was perfectly paced in this one. What scenes would you have trimmed up or cut down or cut out completely?
0: Listen, I can't take the voice away from the directors. All right. You know, it's made the way it's supposed to be made. Right. Mm -hmm. But I just I can't give you that answer because I've always I've already kind of forgotten it. <laughs> Listen, it's a good movie. I just I just it it didn't it didn't hook me like the first one did so much. I was like, okay, we're expanding the world here. More Spider-Mans, mm-hmm. Evil Spider-Man, a uh, good reason to be evil, you know. I, I just it it didn't it didn't hook me as much as the first one did. I I'll just put it that way, but it was fun. Okay. Um I I got to say I really liked the beginning uh, of the kind of fraught relationship between him and his dad. I felt like this is like this, this this is like a this is like a legit realistic fight between a son and his father. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the father is trying to understand what the son is doing, what he's going through, why is he missing so much because he loves his son, but he doesn't want him getting caught in the wrong with the wrong crowd like he was with his now deceased brother. Um or like like he could have been with his now deceased brother is what I was what I mean to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Daniel K's character. Which Spider-Man was he? Uh, he was the British one.
1: Uh, the British one. Wait a minute. You know, uh, the punk one, the punk Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, Spider-Punk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Toby. Yeah, I,
0: I, right. I like I like his uh story because uh I like when he's talking and everything. He's like uh. Yeah, so, you know, my main life, I was, ha, oh, you think I'm going to let you know who I am, blood?
1: Like, yeah, <laughs> I like, think oh, I'm going to let God. you know my uh, secret identity just like that? <laughs> right. Nah, 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 like nah. That.
0: <laughs> that was pretty charming. I-, I-, I liked him as that character. Uh, the spot, again, I didn't take this guy seriously, but I think that's part of his shtick. You don't take the spot serious right. until he becomes serious. Mm-hmm. Like you know, But I like Jason Schwartzman's voice as him. I was like, oh, okay, that's pretty charming. Um, that's pretty funny, quirky. You know, I, I like the characters. Issa Ray. I usually love Issa, but I could take her or leave her as Spider-Woman. I, you know, come on. A, a pregnant Spider-Woman driving on a
1: motorcycle. I, I just, I wasn't sold on that. It, it's straight from the comics. It, It's 100% really? straight from the comics. I see. Yeah, well, uh, then, Jessica I, Drew I, I... as, uh, it, it was from... After Secret Wars, in her uh, lineup of comics, she was pregnant while being Spider Woman. Hmm. Okay, all right then.
0: I mean, even if it's from the comics, I still. Don't I mean, buy yeah,
1: it. I get what you're saying, and everything, but I'm letting you know that wasn't absurdity that they created for the movie. That that's absurdity that they ripped from the comics and threw into. the I will the be screen. reading
0: this as a comic, going, okay, <laughs> and then just flip to the next page. But, um, you know, I usually like Issa, but in this one, I was like, all right, sure, whatever. Um, yeah, so so going from that, right, when we get to the cliffhanger, uh, I was kind of like, okay, okay, why should I care? Like, 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 when we get to the cliffhanger that he's in the wrong universe, I was like, oh, okay, that's a nice twist. I kind of thought the movie was going to keep going. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, okay, so like, well, where, where do we go from here? And then when we get to you know oh shoot uh, he's not the prowler he's the prowler in this universe I'm like okay so where do we go from here and then it ends and I'm like wait what but he can he can easily break out of that like what that's the ending it, I, I didn't like that cliffhanger. See,
1: he can still break out of it very easily and everything, but the question is where does he go from there? Because exactly. Uh, you know, yeah, that's that's the cliffhanger is what comes next. I get that this is like a two part movie and everything like that. No matter where they stuck that cliffhanger, there's always gonna be people that are like, that was stupid. Why would they put it there? It's like where else would they put it? You know?
0: So so when in my mind, where else would they put it would be either the point where he tells his mama, Mama, I'm Spider Man, but we don't we don't see the response, we don't see oh you are in another universe. We do it there. Again, I'm not a director, so I can't I can't dispute with their vision. Mm-hmm. Or the moment he just runs, away. there's different many moments he could do it. There's moments where he finds out he's the anomaly and they're trying to chase after him. And the rest of the movie, I think that would be
1: way too early to cut it there.
0: It could be, or it could be when he first leaves and we don't know where he goes. Or then we, then we see he he goes to another universe. Like oh, he's going to Earth, such and such. We don't know where he goes. Cut right there, I feel like putting it at an awkward place like that. I'm like, dude, he can get away. Like, like we, I, I don't care about him reconciling with the, with the, with the him in another universe. I want to know where do we go from here. Like, you know, like, like, okay, I, so
1: I, I get okay, what th- you're saying and everything like that. But it's one of those things where, like, I, I kind of agree. It's, it's a weird place to cut. But at the same time, thinking on it, it's like during the movie that we've seen so far. I don't know where else I would have put that cut where it would have had more impact, less impact or felt cleaner. But at the same time, I'm curious, like looking, you know, toward the future and everything like that when Beyond the Spider-Verse comes out. And after that, if the opinion still going to be the same of that was a bad place to cut or if at that point you'll go, OK, that was actually a good place to cut.
0: So let me, let me put it to you this way. So remember when The Matrix, uh, before that awful fourth film came. <laughs> so remember when Reloaded stopped and we realized, oh, shit, Trinity is like, um, no, it wasn't Trinity. Uh, Neo is lying side by side by Smith in, in, mm-hmm. a, in a human uh, surrogate. So that right there, right, that leaves it off where it's like, okay, Neo can't easily get out of this one. Neo's still in The Matrix. Before you know revolutions came. Uh, but Trinity's still there. Trinity's awake. So what's Smith gonna do to Trinity? Taking that to this, where it cuts off like, oh shoot, it's Miles against Miles, but you literally see Miles breaking the rope. I mean, you literally see that Miles can get out of this. Whereas you don't know how easily Neo can come back to the real world to save Trinity from human Smith. Uh you get what i'm saying like you know a lot of people got mad that that the the revolutions felt like a second part of reloaded but it, they were shot back to back mm-hmm. so i don't know I, I just feel like that cliffhanger just it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth i was kind of like when it ended there was literally somebody in the theater that said what the hell was that you know and the whole <laughs> in the whole audience laughed like yeah that was a weird cliffhanger but you know like uh we kind of walked away saying oh but that was that was that was fun
1: yeah. But, uh, yeah, I I'm curious to see, you know, because I agree it's it is a weird cliffhanger, but I don't have as contention about it. But I am curious to see where the next movie picks up and everything like that to see like would there have been a better spot to have a cliffhanger? Mm-hmm. Because at the same time, for all we know, you got to keep in mind we have multiple stories going on that could have been the cut for where we find out things that are going on with Miles, and now we have to deal with, you know, everything that's going on with Miguel in, his, in 1610's universe, trying to find Miles. We have Gwen getting people together to go find Miles, and we could end up, like, seeing more contention between them before we even get back to Miles' story.
0: But again, I, again, I gotta ask, what, what is that supposed to do? What is, what is Miguel gonna do? Uh, taunt, uh, try to find um, uh, Miles' parents and hold them hostage while Miles is in a different universe and doesn't even know they're hostage. <laughs> like what? Like again? Like I, I, it then? And then Gwen uh, bringing the gang together. I'm like, but but Miles. All this boils down to Miles can get out of this situation. Mm-hmm. This isn't really, this isn't really a dangerous cliffhanger where the car is about to go off the cliff, and you know, such and such needs to get out the car before they drown in the
1: bottom of the ocean.
0: The superhero isn't in trouble. He can get out like like I, I mean I guess- he can
1: get out of the partial situation he's in, but he's still stuck in that universe. I think Fair that's enough. what it comes down to. His goal right now is to save his father. His father is in another universe, and unknown to him, you know, the people that want to keep everything, the Canon events going as they are. Are in that universe as well he's stuck in another universe staring himself down not having a way to get back to his universe his problem right now isn't the prowler his problem is he's somewhere that if he stays there he's going to die because of the what i can't remember what they call it but where they kind of glitch in and out of Mm -hmm. when they're not in the right universe you know that's more mm-hmm. his problem. He's stuck in a universe with no means to get out, and as far as he knows, he has nobody to support him because he doesn't trust Gwen, he doesn't trust Peter, and he knows that Miguel is out hunting him.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That that's where uh, it is. The tension isn't, "Oh my god, how is he going to, you know, get off of this, you know, basketball thing or the what was it? It was a punching bag." that he was attached to because it's the same thing as like into the spider verse where he tied up Peter Parker to it. And Peter gets out of it is like, you know, don't watch the mouth, watch the hands. And it's the same scene just playing out in this one where he gets to use that knowledge from Peter to play the same thing on this version of miles. But that's not the concern. That's not the problem he's facing. The problem he's facing is, He's stuck in this other dimension with no means to escape it. In yeah, order to save his father.
0: I guess, man, but that whole long winded way of you trying to explain it to me, uh, I almost snoozed a little bit. Like, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I get what you're saying, man. I just didn't think it need to be this long. Um, I give it a very light four.
1: Uh, I give this one a six out of five. All right, let me talk
0: to the non-fan, Brad, for a second. <laughs> what do you give this film?
1: Uh, it's a five out of five. I honestly okay. loved the background, like the way that this movie, it, every joke has a secondary payoff with it, because you have at the beginning of the movie, you have Miles kind of coming into the, you know, one office, and you know he makes the joke, well, you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You can if you have two cakes. And then later, he can't get all his words out on a single cake, so he has to buy two cakes, and he messes them up, completing the thing of, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Even if you have two cakes, it's too much. You can't do both, which then proceeds in throughout the rest of the movie of you can't have both. You can't do both, and him still fighting and trying to do both things every single time, including the major thing of him trying to save his father and save the multiverse you know Mm -hmm. uh you also have like when he's talking to the spot and you know doing the whole like you know why do people say atm machine you know the m stands for machine right and that pays off later when he's you know in uh the spider-man india or Mumbai, and he's talking to the spider-man there is like oh i love chai tea chai means tea that's like saying tt
0: <laughs> right right yeah i you guess know, yeah that was a pretty funny joke
1: every joke in this movie kind of has like a secondary payoff and there's a lot of background details in it you know like hobie's entire aesthetic is uh, fantastic on every regard down to the fact that some of like his clothing and you know things he interacts with are are in a different frame rate than the rest of him, which is still in a different frame rate from the rest of the movie. You know, the amount of detail that they put into that and the fact that, you know, you see him like stealing stuff, you know, as they're walking through the spider society and you later find out that's what he used to create his own, you know, wristband. Uh, The fact that he's there for like miles throughout every part of the movie as mm. the, you know, anti-fascist of just, I hate everything about, you know, creating groups and everything. Like, he represents punk perfectly <laughs> in this movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, man. It's just, uh, I just thought it was, it was very good. I, I just, I'm not giving it, I wasn't blown away. Uh, I was just like, okay, cool. Um, But I, I have high hopes for the, for the you, know, you know what? When I get high hopes, sometimes I play myself. I, I I am intrigued to see the last one.
1: Oh, see, I have high hopes for the last one because I after Into the Spider-Verse, I went into Into the Spider-Verse going, this is going to be a good movie and came out being like, this might be the best Spider-Man movie I've ever seen. And going into this one, I was like, OK, this is following up what is potentially the best Spider-Man movie ever. What can they do? And I think they knocked it out of the park on all accounts. For... Oh no, sir!
0: No, hmm? no, 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 sir! We we're not just gonna discredit Spider-Man Two and, and uh No Way Home like that. Oh, I said one of. Oh, okay. I thought you said the best.
1: Yeah, one of the best. Oh, okay. You know, but it it comes down to like going into this when I already had high hopes and it exceeded that. Hmm. But, yeah, it, it, I, I get what you're saying with, you know, everything like that. And but when it comes to the animation, the dialogue, the jokes, you know, everything about this movie, I think it was on point. I loved I every you. bit of it.
0: I got you. I understand. I want to let you know, though, before we go here. Man, this is a long one. Um, <laughs> I saw two films. Uh, one of them I'd like to recommend to you. Um, the other one, if you catch it, you catch it. Uh dude, this film coming out called The Blackening. It's already out. Uh mm-hmm. have you heard of it?
1: I have. That's the horror movie of just the entire black cast, right? Or the dark right. comedy so, horror?
0: Yeah, so it's it's a it's a it's a horror comedy and um you know, usually the running joke with horror films is that uh when you have a black ca- when you have that one token black character, they usually die first or one of the first characters to die. The uh the tagline for this movie is if the whole cast is black. Which one dies first, <laughs> dude? I'm telling you, this movie is hilarious. I mean, it, it reminds you of the scary movie One and Two Days when the Wayne brothers were behind it, mm-hmm. and uh, they were actually funny. Dude, I'm telling you, it, it, it's hilarious. Like um, it, the intended audience for this film is black, but I'm telling you, you 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 would like this movie. Okay, I mean, you would ca- you would catch the jokes. It would be, it's hilarious. I I loved it. It was, the whole cast was on point. There was no weak link among the chemistry. It's just, it's a laugh riot. And I, uh, I'm I'm writing my review for it now. And I would honestly give it a a 4.5 out of 5.
1: Okay. See, when it comes to like dark comedies and everything like that, especially when it's tied to a secondary kind of genre, when it, whether it's Mm -hmm. like thriller or horror or something like, or drama, I can usually really get behind Then I can say that I saw the trailer for this one and I was like, okay, that one seems good. I can't tell if they mm-hmm. put their best in the trailer and I'm going to watch the movie and be Absolutely like... Absolutely not. Okay. It's so that excites that me. Th- this is one that I have on my list that I want to check out.
0: Because I had that issue. I was like, dude, were the best jokes in the trailer. Mm-hmm. The best jokes were not in the trailer, man. Okay. I'm telling you, it's funny. Um, I also saw Pixar's Elemental. Now this film, you know, Pixar. You you, tr- you always like to know, okay, what are they going to do next? What what inanimate object or inhuman thing are they going to try to personalize, <laughs> and make emotional next? <laughs> so they focus on elements, right? You know, yeah, fire, fire, water, and air. Now it it makes sense within the, the context of the film, like you know, the, it's it's a rom com, uh. So the the you got a fiery woman who's like you know. Like, 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 like prone to like, like emotional outbursts. You got a, 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 water element that's like very in touch with his emotions, very emphatic. He cries all the time mm-hmm. and they fall in love. But you, I like the themes that this movie's pushed and it, it kind of makes it dangerously close to Zootopia in comparison. But, you know, you got themes of, um, xenophobia, marginalization, uh, racism microaggressions like i like the themes of this movie and i love the character work but the plot kind of the plot is kind of trash like the like the plot's kind of weak okay like like the 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 things that are at stake in this film like the like the main plot line is just it's not strong enough
1: see when i saw the trailers for this one i kind of just thought this doesn't look like pixar's best
0: it's it's not their best, but it's far from their worst.
1: Okay. that That's yeah, actually I, a pretty good review for it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's not their best, but it's, it's far from their worst. Like, you like the characters in this movie. The characters are very well-written. The plot just isn't up to par with the characters, is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, Yeah, I give it a straight... I, I give it a 3.5 out of 5. It's not a bad movie. It looks good and uh, great voice acting, but it's just like the plot is like... It's just not needed. Like I feel like if you focus really on the characters instead of the the plot and be like, oh, we need to take care of plot A and also service plot B, it's like we we don't need all that.
1: Understandable.
0: All right, all right, awesome. All right, yeah, uh, this has been a long one. Have you seen anything before we get out of here? Um,
1: I have seen. So since we last talked, I have seen the new Transformers movie. Which, I, as a fan of, like, the Beast Wars series, like, as I was a kid, I watched that. Uh, mm-hmm. It was kind of disappointing. As somebody that's watched all the Transformers movies up to this point, it was kind of disappointing. And as really? somebody that uh, likes Transformers, it was kind of disappointing. <laughs> you don't put this film over the Marky Mark ones. I, oh, that's. I, really? I, I would put it a little bit above them. You know, if I had huh. to, like, order them, the Marky Mark ones are at the bottom of the list. But at the same time, I'm not looking at this one and going, oh, no, it's, it's come back.
0: <laughs> I think it was a step above. I feel like it, bre- it breathes fresh life into the franchise. I like Stephen Capel Jr.'s direction of it. Uh,
1: I love the soundtrack. Uh, I liked it, man. I, I thought I was pleased. Oh, see, I the entire time of this one i was just like oh good a new MacGuffin that they had to get i wonder what's going to happen i bet part of it's in uh, a random part of the country that they'll have to go to oh what do you know the mcguffins in peru man, okay let's go dude, to peru all, now
0: all that is fluff i mean come on man that's that's, <laughs> that's 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 part of the series by now like 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 they they go to different parts of the world to try to get some uh, that's part of what transformers is like that's what they do
1: it's not the transformers i know it's just the formula that all the movies feel like they had to follow
0: (laughs) okay so if you if you like the other films and you put them above this one and you know that's the formula why is that why is that formula holding this one back
1: Uh, because the formula wasn't as tried out when i saw those other ones
0: okay man i i you know you're just gonna have your opinion and and that's fine uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Listen, I I like this movie, man. Pete Davidson surprised me. I liked him as Mirage. Uh, I I liked the voice acting. I liked the actors. I I I had a solid good time. I um, it it, it pleased me.
1: Yeah, it, it it wasn't the worst movie of the Transformers by far, but it just for what I expected from it, especially following Bumblebee, which I thought was a fantastic Transformers movie. It, this one disappointed me that it started going downhill again since then.
0: I'll say this: Optimus Prime was a little trash, but I feel like it, 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 I feel like we can we can excuse that because this is before the Optimus Prime we see in the Shia LaBeouf films. But he he was a little trash in this movie.
1: Yeah, the Beast, you know, or the Maximals didn't do anything in this movie. If you took them out of this movie, there would be no changes, really. Let's be honest. Think about every scene that they're in.
0: Yeah, they're just there to warn them. They yeah. didn't really do anything. They didn't
1: do anything. The the whole, like, oh, my God, look, we have the Beast Wars in this one. No, you don't. You you, sh- you basically put cardboard cutouts in the movie, and we're like, look, it's Optimus Primal. Does he do anything? He's there. Look, see? We put him in the he movie.
0: Exists. <laughs> he exists. Right. <laughs> um, but listen, man, I'm not going to see Transformers to see, you know, how the Transformers are going to get out of this one. I go to see ro- robots slicing each other we know what this is
1: which which we got like five minutes of at the end of the movie <laughs> uh, we got a lot more than
0: that um but all right man i hear you on that one uh but all right let's uh let's go ahead and cut this here uh you know it's been another great episode of dfv uh remember to um, you know watch movies like movies and uh see you on the next one